Just knowing Carson, I'm optimistic. You know, knowing that this is a type of injury you don't have to be pain-free to play in. And I know Carson's level of toughness. I know he can play with pain. So, you know, you have with this injury from listening to the doctors, you have to get to an acceptable level of pain and then you can start playing. So that could happen early. And if you decide he can play and then just it keeps getting better as we go, but play for a few weeks with that pain. So and then best case, though, is the pain leaves early. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Colts head man Frank Reich addressing the media, discussing the Carson Wentz injury with the wide-ranging timetable, 5 to 12 weeks. Well, maybe it sounds like uh, they're being a bit optimistic about the health of their QB1 in Indianapolis. BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio with you weekdays at 9 a.m. to noon on the BetQL Network. Let's bring in FanDuel's Tom Vecchio at DFS underscore Tom on Twitter. Tom, we appreciate uh, your time this morning. And we want to start there uh, with the Colts because we saw these sports books react to the news of multiple injuries on that Colts offense, five to 12 weeks. But now we're saying, oh, they're trending towards uh, playing in week number one. And now that after the fact that uh, we saw some sports books take the win total down a full win from nine and a half down to eight and a half. Where do you sit on Indianapolis? Are, are you sitting on the sideline right now? Or uh, do you think the books made a mistake here by dropping it too much? And maybe there's some value in the division. So first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, I think that the spot that I would be going for this, this it, the, the missed the playoffs. So sitting at no minus 102 right now in the Philadelphia sports book. And ultimately, I don't think it matters too much if Wentz was fully healthy or not. I think we'd have to be looking at the conference overall. I think we'd all agree that the Titans are the best team in that division. We look to the Bills probably making the playoffs uh, from the East. Uh, the North is going to be a slugfest with the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns all fighting the Chiefs coming out of the West. I'm high on the Chargers this year. So kind of regardless of this injury, I didn't think the Colts were going to be in a spot to make the playoffs anyway. So dropping it to eight and a half is kind of along the lines where I would be a, a quarterback with a new team for the first year. Tom, when you look forward here, big picture stuff, NFL season, what stands out to you? Give us some win totals, props, something you're looking forward to because we're four weeks away from opening day tonight. It'll be the Bucks and the Cowboys. So I think people are starting to get in that mode. They're looking ahead, big picture stuff. What stands out to you? So one of the ones I just said, the Chargers, I'm high on. To make the playoffs, they're sitting at plus 126. Uh, I think that, you know, Herbert's going to take a, a big step forward this year. You know, we, we know they're not going to be winning the division in the West, but I think they have a shot at the wild card. Uh, they brought in Joe Lombardi from uh, the Saints. He was their offensive coordinator. So a big step, hopefully, in the passing game for Justin Herbert. Obviously, this whole mantra that they, like, collapse in every fourth quarter and every fourth quarter for them is the same. Hopefully that's gone now. They can take a step forward. So I like them sitting up to make the playoffs plus 126. And then a player prop, or two player props, I should say. Uh, Kyle Pitts, over 800 receiving yards. We all know that Pitts is, like, this phenomenal prospect coming out of Florida, just this phenomenal athlete. And realistically, there's a void in the Falcons passing game because Julio Jones is now with uh, Tennessee. So, his uh, prop is sitting at 800 and a half yards. It's minus 112 for the over. This massive void that they have, like I think he can fill that because realistically, Calvin Ridley is not going to be doing that all by himself. And then on the other side of that, to the Tennessee Titans, actually looking towards the under on Derrick uh, Henry's uh, rushing prop, sitting at 1,539 and a half yards. 
because yes, they should be passing the ball more, but I'm also thinking forward. There's an extra game this season. You can say, Oh, it's the extra game. He could just rush more and more, but I think that they're going to kind of manage him to be ready for the playoffs. So they don't need to be pushing him every single game to have 200 yards. And now they do have this extra receiver. So there wasn't an extra game. There is an extra game. They add Julio Jones. I think it all makes sense that they manage his workload and say, okay, we can have a more balanced offense this year. I like what you had to say about the Chargers and because because I agree with you. So obviously I like it. But it, it, it does feel like for them to win the West, you need a Mahomes injury. And with all that said, though, they have the ceiling to make a deep run. In most scenarios, if we have the Justin Herbert performance that we saw in his rookie campaign he's a rookie of the year and now people are uh talking about the possibility of an mvp going back to back most times i would say oh well you're going to see some regression more of herbert on tape the league is going to be ready for him this time around they, they know what the guy is a little bit but as you mentioned the huge upgrade that we're seeing at head coach you're not going to have those uh game decisions that we saw with anthony lynn such an upgrade up to staley even though we haven't <laughs> seen the guy everyone regards this guy as just a football genius uh the health on the defensive end and i loved what they did with their offensive line let's go get the best center available let's yeah. sit chilly in the draft and we're, we're gonna take could be the best tackle of all the offensive linemen. There are a lot of evaluators that Slater, thought Slater was the best guy. So while I understand why some people think there might be some regression with these Chargers, there are a multitude of reasons to think otherwise. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, realistically, last year they missed Austin Eckler for, what, six, eight weeks, whatever it was. Like, he's back. He's fully healthy. Keenan Allen is still great. Uh, yeah, they lost Hunter Henry, but... Uh, you know, they still have Mike Williams. Like, they have an offense that can put together things. They made the upgrades where they need to. If they can stay healthy on the defensive side of things, I think that, yeah, they may not be the best defensive team in the league, and they'll probably be winning a lot of games like 35 to 28, which is fine. You know, we see plenty of offense, which is always great. Uh, but I'm high on Herbert for this season. I'm high on him uh, for the long term. So I am fully on board with you there. Tom, any week one lines you're already looking at in the NFL? Uh, I, I already started looking at the card. I see, you know, I see the Cardinals getting points in Tennessee. That's interesting. I see the Giants getting points at home against Denver. Also interesting. Any for you you're, you're looking at and saying, you know what? I got my eye on that one. So there's two. Uh, Green Bay on the road sitting at minus two and a half. Two and a half on the road for Aaron Rodgers. He's back. You know, we went through this whole thing. That We're past that, right? He's here. He's fully committed. Uh, they are fully healthy. It's more about the Saints, right? Who's going to be starting at quarterback? If this was a neutral site game, would be would be really be worried about Rodgers versus Winston, right? No Michael Thomas for the Saints. They have what? Uh, Traquan Smith as their starting, you know, wide receiver. You know, sure, Alvin Kamara could see the ball thirty times a game, but he also could be seeing ten players in the box because of that. So I'm not really worried about uh, James Winston or uh, Hill, whoever's going to be starting quarterback. I'm just going to be siding with Green Bay and know that they have to come out firing all cylinders this year. They have to be on their top form this year because they can't go through this whole situation next offseason. Like this is the final run for Aaron Rodgers. I think the two and a half is obviously uh, very, very low. And then Washington at home plus one. Like they made some really, really nice moves in the offseason. They brought in Fitzpatrick. They're, you know, another year from McLaurin, another year from Gibson. I think that they are in a good spot. You know, overall this season, I think they're in a good spot in week one. And that division we know is just kind of a mess. You know, are the Cowboys going to be good? Are the Giants going to be good? Barkley's back. Dak is back. Another year from from Hurts and Philly. Like, this division is all over the place. And I'll take Washington plus one at home. They made some really nice moves this offseason. 
This is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio. Our guest is Tom Vecchio from FanDuel, and, and that's exactly where I wanted to go next. Um, we end up talking about these trash divisions because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, speaking of trash, Joe G's NFC East. Wh- what do you see, man? I mean, there are a lot of people that I've heard are are high on the Giants. Tough for me to get there with that offensive line. <laughs> now we get the news about the DAC MRI uh, coming up over the next couple of days. Uh, you talked about Washington there, and then the, the Eagles are just sitting there as uh, the underdog everyone expects them to be. But I, I, I'm not sure about that. What do you think? Yeah, so I actually wrote up the Eagles uh, during the MLB All-Star break about, you know, as a potential value. I think they were sitting at plus 600 to win the division. Uh, I think the Cowboys are plus 110. Like, we're not getting, you know, any value there. Realistically, you know, we're looking at the the Eagles as, as somewhat of a mainstay because we're worried about the health on Dak. We're worried about, you know, what their offense is going to look like. The Giants, are we going to get Barkley back? I think ultimately he'll play week one. He'll be fine. But the Eagles are kind of this sneaky team that I think they can get all the parts moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, this division, ultimately, in my mind, it's like who wants it the most? Just like who's going to make the fewest mistakes and then who's going to come out with like just 10 wins in order to win the division? I Hopefully we don't see what we had last year where uh, winning the division in under 500, like that's not what we want to see. It's like who's going to make the fewest mistakes in their head-to-head games within the division and then just come out on top? Tom, we get games tonight. Speaking of the Eagles, they're playing tonight against the Steelers. There's two games tonight, the rest of the preseason games this weekend. Um, when you when you look at preseason games, you know, some people love to bet on it. Some people stay away. Some people say it's actually more of a, you know, it, it's actually, you kind of know the angles there. Last week, the Hall of Fame game, the under was clearly the play. Is there anything you look at when you, when you dive into preseason? Because we don't know how much these guys are going to play, but there are certain trends that some people look at and say, all right, that kind of plays out. Yeah, so when it comes to either betting on preseason or I dive into a little bit of preseason DFS, which a lot of people say is crazy, ultimately it comes down to a lot of reading. Like you have to read the beat reporters, uh, their their reports and their write-ups and all these things because, you know, Tom Brady is going to throw, what, like four passes? He's going to play like one, two series. He's going to throw like four passes. So it's not about him. It's about, you know, understanding the the roles for the backups and and what second and third string and fourth string receivers are actually going to see time. Who's on the bubble? Who's going to be making – uh, you are trying to make the roster. So it's about diving a little bit deeper and what, you know, role players who might be a fourth string receiver is actually going to see like eight targets tonight or over the weekend. And that could be a player you want to focus in on. So I'm more interested about who are those secondary players that are going to be making the roster rather than, you know, looking to roster Devonte Adams because he's going to be out there for like four snaps and doesn't mean anything. So, and we, it's not like we need to see anything from him regardless. So it's about those, those secondary and tertiary options for the offenses. Uh, Tom, as a DFS player, you're going to be hunting for points. Hard to come by a lot of times in the preseason, especially last week with the, with the Hall of Fame game. All these totals are in the 30s. Uh, would you suggest uh, for betters to look to the unders, if anything? Uh, yeah, you know, unders obviously make a lot of sense. It's not uh, it's not something I particularly like to do. I don't like rooting for punts and and third, you know, missed third downs and all those things. But realistically, you know, we have to put that aside and say, what's just like the likely outcome here? What are we going to be seeing? These offenses are not good. Uh, it's it's different if we look at a team like uh, you know Denver that has like two QBs that are actually competent that both could be seeing time. It's like we need to look at a team that has an established quarterback. And then we, we want to be because we know he's not going to be playing. And then we want to look to the second and third string options, because realistically, they're probably not that good if they have an established quarterback. So it's just like who's going to be the backup, who's going to make the roster. So we actually could be looking at the under there just because they're both probably just not as good. 
Tom, right before you hopped on, Joe and I were discussing American League Cy Young odds on FanDuel. And, and right now, Lance Lynn has become the overwhelming favorite. Rodon hurt on the injured list for the White Sox. And Garrett Cole, who was the favorite for a while, he's on the COVID list. We're not sure exactly when he's going to come back. Lynn has kind of taken that mantle. Do, do you think the odds reflect the, the true picture that Lynn is? Or is it a, a matter of he's the best guy and he's the only guy standing right now? I think it's a bit of both. Like, I think that Lance Lynn is a very good pitcher, you know, pound for pound. I would say that Cole is a better pitcher, but it's kind of the same thing that we saw with the MV, uh, NBA MVP, where LeBron was looking great and Bede was looking great, and then they just got hurt, and Jokic was left just as the last one there. So, ultimately, Lynn, if you look at his stats, could we compare them exactly to Cole's and say, well, Cole's actually a little bit better, but Lynn pitched in every game that he was expected to pitch in, and he's just the last one standing, as you said. So, yeah, like he is a very good pitcher. There's no doubt about it. And if he continues to stay on this track, even with a little bit of aggression, he probably could still win. You know, if Cole comes out and lights it up the pad, the final six weeks, five weeks of the season with a couple great starts, like he could certainly win. So Cole would be the only spot that I would go at plus 350 for value. Like, you know, laying two and a half for Lynn is just a bit too much at this point. Yeah, Tom, I, I do like that comp. It makes a lot of sense. Kind of like the last man standing, guy that's still going to be uh, making his start every fifth day. Uh, you brought up the NBA. We're starting to see some win totals pop out there. The sports betting markets. What about uh, futures? Anything that uh, you're interested in? Or it just could be a, a team that you're not interested in early on. So the, you know, the Nets are the favorite right now. The Lakers are right behind them at plus 400 to win the NBA championship. You know, I would say if you are interested in betting on the Lakers, because and they, they get rolling and there's this, uh, you know, big gap in the West or whatever it is because Kawhi's not healthy and or we're dealing with a bunch of question marks for some other teams, you know, how healthy are the Nuggets going to be? The Lakers are plus 400. They're probably not going to move to plus 600, plus 800. It's probably only going to come down. So if you want to hop in on the Lakers – it's probably best to do it now. Uh, I, the Bucks are at plus uh, 650 or 750, 800, somewhere around there. Like, you know, I just generally think it's tough for teams to repeat in any sport. Uh, so, you know, looking to the Bucks is actually not a spot that I would I'd be looking to go. I would be looking to, you know, potentially their win total, actually the under, you know, this championship uh, kind of hangover thing. They, you know, they took care of business. Do they really need to be pushing it every single game or do they need to make the playoffs, know they can take care of business and then work from there? So the regular season under for the Bucks win total is actually a spot that I would lean. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel. Tom, appreciate your time. Best of luck if uh, you do anything DFS or betting-wise tonight or tomorrow. I yeah, appreciate having me on. Uh, there goes Tom. Good stuff there. This is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, uh, Joe G. We need to talk about preseason week number one. We've got two games tonight. Your Eagles against the Steelers. We'll get to that next. Uh, do you have a strong angle? Do you have a Do you have a play? Do you have something for us? Because it, it's challenging. The, I noticed um, these, this first group of games over the next couple of days. A lot of rookie coaches, so we're not quite sure how they're going to handle this. Yeah, and there's some really good trends on established coaches and how their teams do. Nick Sirianni's first his first run. I do have a couple of strong takes for you though. On tonight, what we might see: Eagles Steelers first preseason game. All five games that we're going to see over the next two nights, very short point spreads. One, one and a half. We do have some movement on totals. Want to address that next. Keep it locked on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
by the Joes, for the Joes. Let Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio help you beat the sports books on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 19 noon Eastern on the BetQL Network.